Good evening and welcome to another edition of Rev. My name is Lori Enright and we are so excited that you've joined us for the next 30 minutes. At any time, if you have any questions you'd like for us to answer, send us a quick email to rev, R-E-V, at eaglecountryonline.com. Special thanks to Mark Kreimer and our friends at Kreimer's Beer House for making the show possible. Visit the Beer House for lunch or dinner seven days a week on State Route 128 in Cleves. Hey, it's David Vaughn here for a special edition. Tonight is Father's Day here on Rev, and we thought we would just, Lori and I, chat a little bit about uh, Heavenly Fathers and Earthly Fathers on this uh, special Father's Day Sunday night, and we're glad you tuned in, tuned in not only with your ears but your heart each week, and I hope we're making a difference in your life, helping you kind of rev up your life in so many ways. But it's an honor to come into your your world, your home, your car, your deck, and talk. And I hope you had today an excellent Father's Day. Lord, did you did you have a good Father's Day so far? So far, the morning started uh, with early church. Yes, a lot nice. of plans on Father's Day and a brunch yes. to follow, and then some different activities. Um, yes, what. Father's Day is great. It's one of my favorite holidays of the year, but of course yeah. I, you know, I've been blessed with a, a great father. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes you love him, sometimes, you know, you know yeah. growing up was... So you had a pretty healthy relationship with your dad then. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. dad has always um, been there as the rock. He actually yeah. was the primary caregiver um, when nice. I was young and my sister was young, so he spent a few years raising us on his own before he met uh, my stepmom, Kathy, who mm-hmm. has been in my life for, you know, 25 plus years. Yeah. Um, but I always say, you know, I, I wanted to tell some funny things as we talk about our dads tonight, some of the funny things that I didn't think were so funny growing up. But now as an adult, you turn back and you think, wow, I'm really glad that that happened. Or, you know, this is the way that I was raised because it makes you who you are. Absolutely it does. And, you know, whether you had what you consider to be a a good dad or a bad dad, there's lessons that you learn no matter what kind of dad you had. Uh, And some of us have been blessed with a very healthy, wonderful dad. Uh, Me too, like you. And have great memories. A lot of uh, folks listen to Eagle Country. They say, yeah, man, Father's Day is a great day. I got to celebrate my dad. Or if he's in heaven like my dad is now, man, I wish I could spend just a few more minutes talking to my dad, you know. But then many of us had just the counter experience, the contra. It wasn't healthy. Maybe we were abused by our dad. Maybe we were abandoned by our dad. A lot of guys that I talk to carry this father wound in them, men in particular, women I'm sure do too. And all their life they're trying to overcome this deep hurt from a dad who might have been physically present but emotionally or spiritually absent. But uh, So the dad is so critical. I mean, I cannot encourage you dads in Eagle Country enough. After you hear the program tonight, listen to what Lori has to say, I have to say. I encourage you to really lean into your role for so many reasons. You have no idea the ripple effect of you being a good dad. Not a perfect dad. There are no perfect dads. I only had one perfect father, and that's the one we celebrated at church today, the Heavenly Father. 
so I don't think kids are looking for perfect dads. They are looking for approachable dads, authentic dads. Engaged Engaged. Dads. That's a, what a strong word that is, engaged. So sounds like you had a good experience, though. Yeah. I mean, my some of my life was a uh, tough love. Yes. Um, you know, I would say in my teenage years, I don't feel, wouldn't have felt the same as I do now. But, you know, there's just little... Little things that remind me, you know, when I was young, um, growing up, I lived uh, most of my life when I got older, I had my room in the basement and I would, I was notorious for leaving lights on. I mean, I'd come upstairs, I'd do something, I'd leave the lights on and they would wait until I got all the way back down in my room, comfortable, the door shut to yell my name down the steps and ask me if I forgot to turn the lights (laughs) off. But you know what I don't ever do now? That's right. I never check ever it now, forget to turn the lights off. So I always think that that's one thing that cracked me up. And, and my dad taught me so much about um, about finances, about saving mm. and how to spend wisely and mm. how to, you know, pay your bills on time. And, and again, it goes back to that. You know, I couldn't stand that I, I wasn't allowed to have those $100 pair of jeans yes. from Abercrombie. But yeah. now I'm like thinking... Like I would spend $100 on a pair of jeans. Yeah. Isn't that funny how your value (laughs) system changes uh, the older you get and uh, and you learn from your parents? Most children go through that season where your dad and your mom are onerous and, uh, you know, monsters. And then when you have kids of your own, all of a sudden they're like, wow, how did my mom and dad get so smart, you know? But as you become an older adult, I think you carry on those. Uh, value systems and uh, or you will because they weren't a, a, an engaged dad or mom then I've seen people go the other way and say I am not going to be like them and either way they taught you how to live whether it's spending money how to interface with others I mean the the, the think about who you are was really formed in the environment of that incubator of the home mm-hmm. I think we underestimate uh, the impact our parents and their parents had on them. So you have these cycles of functionality or cycles of dysfunction mm-hmm. that occur. And so uh, many of us could go back and look at the ancestry of our mom and dad and pick out the mom or dad who were the cycle breaker for dysfunction. Uh, my family's roots were in Catlettsburg, Kentucky. I was born in Ashley, Kentucky, but Catlettsburg, Kentucky. I mean, those listen to Eagle Country. You think Lawrenceburg or Aurora are small towns. That would be a metropolis compared to Catlettsburg. Just in the hills? Uh, well, the hill? not really. No? Well, kind of on the edge of the hills, but right on the river. Sleepy little river town. Uh, I think the thing that might categorize Catlettsburg uh, was poor, um, depressed, in the Depression, uh, probably alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, th- all of those things were the environment from which my mom and dad uh, met each other and then came. And so they were the cycle breakers in every way, stretch of the imagination. Uh, just one generation I am removed from that. Uh, and health and wealth and all the things that I've been able to enjoy, my sister and I, uh, all because of that. And I bet everybody listening to Eagle Country, if it would be fascinating to go back and look at who was the cycle breaker in your family, your mm-hmm. home, uh, who got you out of that, that whatever, just insert the name of your town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it may not have been a great town. It might have been party town, <laughs> you know? It might have been poor town. 
I don't know what town you came from, but somebody got you on a path of health. And I think, Lori, for boys and for girls especially, we see the heavenly father through the earthly father in our mm-hmm. life. And if we had great relationship with our father, it's easy for us to easier for us to embrace the heavenly father. How you see your earthly father is how people tend to see their heavenly father. You know, I that makes a lot of sense. Does that really make sense? Yeah. I really hadn't thought about it that way, but I could see how if you didn't have a good experience that your heart might not be quite as open to God and, and your yeah. faith, and I could definitely understand that. Yeah, do you see him as mean, uh, vindictive, uh, absent, mm-hmm. abusive, or engaged and loving and caring, giving you discipline but love as well? Uh, I, it's so much easier. So I think one of the, the salvation process, as I understand it, it's all predicated on us, how we see God. Show, talk to me in Eagle Country about how you see God, and I can tell you pretty much how you will relate to his son, Jesus, mm-hmm. how you relate to others, how you relate to your own family. I think a lot of, sadly, a lot of uh, sons and daughters on this Father's Day, it's painful uh, and pitiful because they are estranged. Uh, and they don't, they'll never talk to their dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have friends who have cut off a relationship with a dad for a variety of reasons, some good, some not so good. They just cannot make it anymore with, with a, any kind of relationship with their dad. And I just think that's sad. Uh, I see it happening all the time in church, in a church our size. Uh, so part of our uh, mental health and our future health is predicated on us kind of figuring out what— what was my relationship, that dance with my father? And I think, knowing your journey of faith uh, very much, Lori, that you have come to see yourself in the Heavenly Father's eyes through some of that. And I've never met your dad, but I've heard you speak uh, kindly of him. We're going to have to make that. We're yeah. have to make that happen soon. Love to yeah. meet him. I want to thank him. He did a pretty good job with you. And I think you'll see all of your future male relationships through some of that, too. Uh, and I see a lot of uh, members of our church, male and female, they carry over that hurt into their current relationships. Mm-hmm. If we have uh, women, for instance, who were abused by their father, they tend to go into abusive relationships with boys they date. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart because uh, they are worthy of that. Don't let anybody tell you that you're not worthy of being loved. Or that you'll always be that. Sometimes kids develop these self-fulfilling prophecies that the parents told them. You'll never amount to anything. You're no good. You'll always be a loser. And we play those tapes Mm -hmm. in our minds. And they came not from God the Father, just the opposite. His tapes are you're loved, you're cherished, you're gifted, you're valuable, you're worthy of love. But a lot of us play the tapes that our parents, unfortunately, spoke into our life. And it takes a while to erase those tapes and replace them with a whole new set of tapes. And that's why I think coming to church, reading the Bible, getting yourself around Christian music and Christian friends. Praying. Praying, speaking to the Father as a person. I think that reorients your mind. It Mm -hmm. reframes the discussion. It re-energizes 
uh, and reorients your view of God and others and it's in a very healthy way. Um, and so that we cannot, we want to celebrate dads tonight, but we, and we don't want to add extra burden. Dads already have, I think, enough pressure, you know, to be the perfect dad. But I think uh, there is no better driving force than a godly man and a godly father who's going to make a difference for the heavenly father. And on this Father's Day edition of Rev, we want to celebrate that and uh, talk about how we can maybe do a better job uh, with that. Uh, and I love it that uh, it, you're coming from a healthy place with your dad, too. Well, most certainly with my dad. But, you know, my story with my mom is slightly different. Yeah. So I, I can understand and relate to people who have tough relationships with their parents. I am so thankful and blessed that my relationship with my dad is so strong because of the lack thereof of the support, you know, from my mom. But I really think that, you know, those, like you said, the experiences you grow up with, the good and the bad, um, make you who you are or, or, that you can let them make you somebody you don't want to be. I I spend a lot of time working on um, trying to be a better version of myself and overcome some of the things that I had to go through growing up. And it's in many ways, it's a choice. I mean, you kind of choose. I don't want to. I want to be the cycle breaker. Yes. And um, you know, if I if I meet somebody or can meet somebody that has the traits of my dad you know that's honest fair kind big yeah. heart loving sensitive um you know then i'd be doing all right yeah i i agree i uh i think growing up my dad's a pastor some of you've heard me talk about that or if, if you're from whitewater crossing you uh, have heard me speak about my dad who's in heaven now but he was a pastor and I thought every son and father relationship was what i enjoyed with my dad I thought that was the way it was. I thought that was normal until I got to school and I heard these guys talking about their relationship with their dad, and it was not mine. Then I realized, you know what? I'm not the norm. I was abnormally good. Mm-hmm. So I hope that I have uh, uh, passed that down to my son and daughter, and now my grandchildren, uh, about what that is. And I'm my. I hear my dad's words coming through my mouth, even though I, I don't want to admit that. Uh, that's that's true. I find myself thinking like him, speaking like him, uh, laughing like him. I had such a good role model as a dad. That's pretty much all I ever wanted to do is because my dad did it. Uh, you know, my dad played guitar. I wanted to play guitar. My dad golf. I wanted to golf. My dad drinks coffee. I wanted to drink coffee. My dad was a preacher and modeled uh, authenticity to me. Sometimes pastor's kids turn out to be the worst because they what the guy is on stage on Sunday is not how he is Monday in the home. And my, that was never the case for me or my dad. I saw in him uh, a realness uh, there. And so I said, I think I'd like to do that with my life. So I know I'm a, I'm a Christian, let alone a pastor, because of uh, the wonderful love of my my dad, and we had our battles. Everybody does, uh, but he and he disciplined me with love. I knew it was true that he loved me, and uh, so he taught me pretty much uh, all the things that I get to enjoy and do now. I owe a great uh, service and a debt to him. And on this Father's Day weekend, I just want to honor my dad, Glenn David Vaughn. That guy, he was a cycle breaker. 
And I, I hope that someday someone will look back on you and I and say, you know what, Lori and David, they uh, rippled out on me in a good way. And that's why who I am today. In his latter years of life, uh, my dad attended at church, retired from the ministry. He never truly retired. He's always teaching or talking or inviting people to come to church. But one of the greatest things, and initially the worst thing, was when my dad was in the audience. I mean, we have nervous. Oh my! You know, (laughs) we have thousands of people there. You know, so you get used to speaking in front of people, and I'm I'm a little nervous. But when my dad was in the audience, wherever I was speaking, oh my gosh, I wanted him to be pleased with me. I wanted to hear his words, "Well done," and. Uh, if I saw my dad writing down, taking notes or writing down something during my sermon, I thought, oh, no. You know, did I mispronounce <laughs> that sweating. Greek word or, you know. <laughs> but often it would be a note that he would then send me later, email or tell me verbally at lunch, hey, I liked that part in the message when you said that. I never thought about, you know, uh, that scripture being applied that way. And um, I just can't tell you, every boy, every girl wants to hear from their parent, uh, I affirm that, I affirm you, I approve of you, I'm proud of you, I love you. A lot of parents never heard that, and therefore they carry that father wound. And that wasn't true uh, for my, my dad. Uh, he always uh, helped me get better, but it was in a spirit of encouragement and loved having in the audience. And uh, loved him getting to see our Whitewater f- Church family grow and baptize all those people. And my dad always uh, grew, uh, you know, was pastoring uh, smaller churches, always you know much smaller than Whitewater. And uh, I I was a little sheltered from I think uh, how uh, churches operate because my dad never let me see anything but the glory of preaching and serving Jesus. Uh, I know now the churches he was in were troubled to some degree, had some problems, had some troublemakers, uh, and that's sometimes what keeps churches small. Uh, but now I know uh, that wasn't as easy as he made it to be, but I never heard him come home and criticize the leaders he worked mm-hmm. with, the church members. He only let me see the glory and the honor of serving Jesus. And that's probably why I'm a preacher. If he would have brought all those problems home that I mm-hmm. that I know he had, I would say, you know what, the last thing I want to do is be a pastor. I'll well, go do anything else. And I think he, it's, it's dads like to protect, and I think that's a version that, of protection yeah, and, yeah. and just like our godly father protects us in our hearts um, mm. and is always looking over us. I think that that's, um, that's, that's good. good. I, I sometimes saw some, some bad and some of the bad, but, um, but all around. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't be more thankful for what yeah. I have. And yeah. Um, what is one of your favorite stories from your dad's preaching or one of the, something yeah. he taught you? And I definitely need to know who's the better golfer or was the better oh golfer. You know, he was a better golfer until I got to high school, and then I started beating him, and I think it probably was humble for him. We were both very competitive. So if I could beat my dad, I could beat anybody because he'd play (laughs) all those mental games. You need that putt to win now, son. I mean, he would do all that kind of stuff. So after a while, I did get a little bit better. Uh, I remember my dad preaching one Sunday night, and me and a couple of my buddies were on the front row and cutting up, not really paying attention. He stopped in the middle of his message, says, straighten up, you 
David Bryan. That's when you know you're in trouble when he calls me today. <laughs> Straighten up, David Bryan, and you other boys on the front row. Oh, my gosh. Those other parents yanked those kids out of there, and I knew it, it was going to be bad news <laughs> when I got home. But he, uh, it, it more perturbed him than anything else. But uh, my dad was probably the most generous man I've ever met. My, my generosity gene comes from him. Uh, giving away money, lavishly spending on others, uh, being very frugal himself, not making a whole lot in the ministry. And he never spent money on himself, but we love spending it on others, kids and grandkids. So I learned how to tithe, how to give, how to mm-hmm. sacrifice, how to be generous, how to help people. I saw him hand out money to people that I just knew were taking advantage of of him in that situation. But my dad said, you know what? That's between them and God. I, I got to do what I need to do. And who knows, but that, that person really is needy and we'll never know. So uh, we never had a lot of money growing up, but I never felt poor. Mm-hmm. In fact, we weren't poor till somebody told us we were poor. I thought we were rich in relationship. And those are the memories. Well, that's memories. The, the best kind of rich to be. It, it, it really so you can is. have as much money in the world as possible yeah. and be lonely and unhappy and not have those relationships and experiences. So. Oh, my. I meet people all the time whose dads provided an inheritance for them, but not a legacy. Uh, I meet people who got money from their parents, but not affection. And I can tell you they'd rather have the affection than, mm-hmm. than money. Because mm-hmm. uh, money, you can always make, but you can never go back and capture that which was absent in the spiritual and the relational world. Uh, And I think one of the uh, fallacies of being a dad is that our job stops with providing a house or a car or financial security. And a lot of dads think, well, I've worked hard, I've done my job, when what the wife and the kids really need are you an engaged parent? Uh, and to my uh, embarrassment, I think I have not always in my life given the time and the attention to my kids or grandkids that I needed in my efforts to build a church or help uh, so many others. Sometimes I've neglected my own. I've tried to correct that uh, of late in my life over the last few years. Because I realize, you know what, it, it, someday I'm going to be done with uh, the, what I'm doing now in a local church. I hope it's not soon, but someday that's going to happen. And uh, my family is the only thing that's going to uh, love me and live with me from now on. So I have tried to make a more intentional effort to invest in my kids because that's what kids remember. That's what they want. So it's one thing to provide physically. It's a whole nother. And to, yay God for you dads that do that uh, and that you, you don't abandon your kids um, but it's a whole other thing to say, I'm going to give you time and attention. I'm going to be there in an appropriate way for you when you need me to be. Well, and, and since that's big. Uh, Travis had been saying when we were talking about Father's Day and we're, we're recording our little messages we put out there yeah. for Father's Day and we're talking about what are we going to say, and, you know, and, and he's like, well, you know, I'm a guy, so we're just not quite as, you know, open with our feelings. So I just said, you know, have a happy Father's Day. And, and yeah. that's one thing I want to encourage is kids do love 
to play with their dads, to wrestle with them, to run with them, to hug them, to, you know, have that affection. And I definitely, I always got that. I I was, you know, hugged and loved on um, all in healthy ways. And, And I think that kids really, they do definitely want that over stuff. And all the the other things, they they like that, too. But they just really they become what they grow up with. So you raise an affectionate child, they're going to be affectionate. You raise, a, you know, from a cold standpoint, they're going to be more cold. And it's hard for guys and men to do that. Um, but I think that your kids and your yeah. spouses will definitely appreciate that. That's a great that. observation. My dad was very lavish in saying he loved me and hugged me, and that's because he never really got that, I found out, from his dad. That depression generation especially, they just didn't think that was manly. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my granddad, near the end of his life, finally said to my dad, so my dad's dad now, that he was a rough guy. I mean, he was a bricklayer, rough and he finally said, I do love you, son. And I think my dad probably waited his whole life to hear that. Although he knew it, he never heard him say it. So just say it. That's what I'm saying. Say it tonight, wherever you're listening to. If you have kids or grandkids, say it. Don't think they know it. But it is hard for men to do that. And so my dad decided, I'm just going to swing that pendulum the mm-hmm. other way and tell him. So this morning at church, you know, Lori, we talked from Luke 15 about how lost things matter to God. And the greatest story of lostness comes from a father who had a young son who was a prodigal. And maybe some of us in equal country have this prodigal son or daughter right now. We wish they would call tonight, uh, but the phone will never ring. The text will never come. The card will never arrive. And we're kind of heartbroken because our kid is playing the prodigal. But in this parable of the lost son or the prodigal son in Luke 15, every day the father just kind of stood on the horizon watching for the son to come home. And when he finally did, man, he threw a big party for him. And I think, I guess the image I would close tonight's rev with is that Jesus is the heavenly father. We are the prodigal. And there will be a day when we get tired of our lostness, our wandering, our prodigalness, and we will come back home. And some of us maybe fear that the Father will not accept us or love us. And this parable teaches he's been looking on the horizon every day, waiting for us to come. And when we come home, he will embrace us. He'll throw a party for us. I mean, we kind of, the Father throws parties for prodigals. How cool an image is that? Because some of us right now, maybe even listening to this, are doing some prodigal activities that we know are wrong. Come home to the Father. And the best thing he said when someone complained, it was actually the older brother complained that the father was throwing this party for this younger prodigal son who wasted money. He said, we have to celebrate and be glad. This brother of yours was dead, and he's alive again. He was lost, and now he's found. Man, so that's the heart of the father toward any of you listening tonight who are prodigals. Come home. Don't be lost anymore. Don't be dead. Come back to the land of the living, not the land of the dying. Because there's a heavenly father who sent his own son to die for you on that cross and get you back home where you belong. So that's uh, what we talked about at Whitewater Crossing. Man, check out uh, our service. Even in the summer, there's always something going on. And uh, we always have some wonderful people sharing their story. 
And uh, so I thought maybe we just close, maybe have a prayer for all the dads out there. Well, and if, uh, you know, since we're only at 7, we're almost at 7.30, so if you are in need of a late-night Father's Day dinner or maybe a a belated one tomorrow, we definitely suggest to head down to see our friends at Crimer's Beer House in Cleves on 128. They they specialize in a good ribeye. And, uh, it is German good. Food. I've had just about everything there. <laughs> everything is everything delicious. there. Whether it's Father's Day or not, there's some a good meal there. That's a great place. And to go Mark's and... a good daddy himself. Yes, I want to we... affirm Mark and all the conversations we've had, and we're all just trying to get better. Yep. And Mark, for a while, was the prodigal who has come home, and I'm so proud of him. So yeah, frequent Crimer's uh, Beer House. Come on down the road to Whitewater Crossing. You can. Visit on whitewatercrossing.org and plan your visit page. And, and we thank uh, him for stuff. sponsoring our show. And, and we definitely just wish all of the dads in Eagle Country that we just a great day. We hope you had the best day and that you uh, took something from this message and maybe share and, and rekindle some memories with your kids and your families and enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy the evening. Enjoy the moment. They pass very quickly. Yeah, all it's it's all about the small moments and not the big. I learned that from our recent uh, visitor at church. Very true. The justice that yeah. every moment Man, that was is a good big one. moment. Every moment's a big moment. That, you know, you never get over it. You just get on with it. That's yep, what he just said. Get on. Get with on it. with it. All right, let me <laughs> right. Uh, pray for us. God, thanks for another uh, special time together on this Father's Day evening to talk about fathers and dads, and we're most grateful that you're our heavenly Father. And that Lori and I uh, together are brothers and sisters in this cosmic redemptive family called the Church and Family of God. So I pray for all those listening in Eagle Country. May it have been a great Father's Day. May it be one. And I know it would be even better Father's Day if we came home to you, our Heavenly Father. So help us to lean into that and move toward that. And God, we thank you until we uh, get a chance to talk again to our people. Protect us and give us peace. Help us, God. Uh, just to follow you and rev up our life because you revolutionized our life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Rev. David and I pray that this show has revved up your life, your faith, and your work week. Find out more about Sunday service times, youth programs, and how to plan your visit to Whitewater Crossing at whitewatercrossing.org and click on the New Here tab. Our show is blessed by Crimer's Beer House on State Route 128 in Cleves. I'm Lori Enright. Please join us next Sunday at 7 p.m. for Rev with Pastor David Vaughn, only on your hometown radio station, Eagle Country 99.3.